G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. A very uh, important issue to tackle first up this hour. Church leaders around Australia are describing Australia's treatment of unaccompanied children seeking asylum as a sick joke. There is a new report that's been prepared by the Australian Church's Refugee Task Force. It's called Protecting the Lonely Children. And in there, uh, there are some uh, significant claims that are being made. The Reverend Dr Peter Catt is the author of the report. He's also chair of the Australian Church's Refugee Task Force. He's joining us now. Hello, Peter. Welcome to 2020. Uh, good. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, Peter. I'm, sadly, I'm not the, report, the author of the report. I wish I was, but uh, I'm, I'm the chair of the task force that's releasing the report today. Thanks for that that correction there. Uh, So far as the contents of that report, it's making a few ripples around the place and uh, it's causing the government to be quite defensive. Uh, Some of the the issues in the report are are quite uh, striking. Well, it's a very striking issue. Um, As I was saying at the launch this morning, this is really about children and we need to make sure we stay focused on the fact that it is about children and vulnerable children are, are being dealt very deep harm by our current policy and processes. And so we're calling for an overhaul of the way children are dealt with when they come to this country seeking asylum. Peter, let's go into some of those details in just a few moments. But sure. uh, just a bit of a foundation, the Australian Church's Refugee Task Force. There are nine church denominations represented. Do you uh, know the, the significant ones? Uh, can you name those ones just offhand so, uh, to inform sure. listeners? Yeah. It's, um, it's the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Uniting Church, Baptist Church, Quakers... Uh, Syrian Church, and Salvation Army, and there must be one more. So we're talking it about... It gives you a spread of the breadth of the churches. Yeah. So we're talking about a report produced for the Australian Church's Refugee Task Force, which covers yes. uh, the majority of uh, Christians in the nation. And uh, so right. these sorts of uh, claims are quite significant. Tell me about the idea that the treatment of children in, uh, in detention amounts to child abuse. Yes, sure. It's a very strong term to use, but um, when one, and we're not the first to use it, I have to say, um, there are many people who've been drawing our attention for some time now, a number of years, to the fact that children in detention centres, and particularly the unaccompanied children, which is the focus of our report, are doing very poorly. The, um, the uh, Professor Julian Triggs, the President of the Human Rights Commission, was on Christmas Island just a few weeks ago. And she reported last week that the, uh, the conditions had deteriorated since her previous visit only four months before. 
and that uh, she she reported that every child was unwell and that people were depressed and listless and uh, the children aren't getting access to education and the like. So it's really quite troubling stuff. And, and when when or just to deal with why we're calling it abuse, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when it's intentional, because you know, we've got deliberate policies which have been set up to deter others. So it's, this is a policy that is intentional. The government and and the Australian people have been told that it's causing deep harm and long-lasting harm, and yet we persist. And I think under just about any definition you'd want to float of child abuse, um, that fits the bill. Hard stuff to say about our government and our nation, and I'm part of it because I'm part of the system that, that is allowing it to happen. Uh, many of those things you're talking about are going to be some of the psychological effects that will be had on children. But uh, some of the physical effects, as I understand it, uh, some of the reports today are saying uh, untreated sexual infections, uh, tuberculosis, rotting teeth, fungal infections, those sorts of things. Uh, they yeah. are physical things, but they sort of strike home and, uh, and say these things need to be dealt with. Yeah, they sure do. And given given that um, we make so much of looking after our children in our day, and and of course the biblical witness is talks about how precious children are, and Jesus Himself took them and blessed them, and so with that sense that they're a gift and they're special and they're beautiful and and need to be looked after because of their vulnerability, we're really dealing with a very significant um, issue here. When we talk about solutions, sometimes there's some limited creativity as to how these things can be resolved. You're making a call for uh, some form of independent statutory guardian other than the Federal Immigration Minister. Yes, that's certainly where we start. Um, We think it's actually unfair on the Minister for him to be both guardian and jailer. There's an inherent conflict there that sets someone up to not be able to deliver. And so this isn't really about the current minister, it's about his successors and his predecessors as well. And so what we're asking for is for the guardianship aspect of the minister's role to be separated from the other roles. And what we'd love to see is an independent guardian who would have as their focus the well-being and welfare and the flourishing of the child wouldn't be conflicted by other demands of the process. The Minister is saying that any claims of state-sanctioned abuse are shocking and offensive. I suspect here, and from what I'm hearing from you in the way that you're talking about these things, that this is not necessarily a personal attack on the Minister. This is a, no, an offer of a solution. It's an offer of a solution, and it's certainly not a personal attack on him. Um, it's about the system, and we're all part of the system, and the state is all of us. It's not just him. And we're, we, and our report is actually offering some positive ways forward. Uh, you'd probably be aware that the Uniting Church some months ago actually wrote to the minister and offered to house all of the vulnerable children. So there are solutions available. Uh, we have recommendations about increasing community, um, children in community. There, there are plenty of options that um, would get us 
beyond this very harsh and damaging approach. Is there a sense that while children are remaining in detention and some of those physical and psychological effects that we've been talking about, that there is in some way a politicising of these children while they are held under government care? Absolutely. They They are pawns in a very big political game, which is all about trying to deter others from coming. And there are other positive models for handling the flow of refugees. There's the UNHCR 10-point plan. Australia has been um, supporting the Bali process, hasn't been supporting it to any great extent. The funding is quite limited. And sadly, uh, next year, there's there's no provision in the forward estimates for that process. So there are all sorts of positive things that could be done to um, manage the flow of refugees. Now, Peter, as we were saying, when we talk about the Australian Church's Refugee Task Force, uh, nine denominations represented there, a big cross-section of Australian Christian society. Is the voice of the churches just another voice uh, uh, howling in the wind, uh, or is there a sense in which you believe that the minister will uh, sit up and take notice of the things that this new report says and that it's coming from the churches? Well, I think that the churches certainly have um, has some clout when it comes to issues like this, and our hope, our hope is actually that the Australian people will take up, uh, sit up, and take notice. Um, politicians are largely driven what they think is uh, by what they think is what the public wants, and I, re- I actually think that Australians are not hard-hearted, and I think in one way we've actually just flipped into this way of treating people, and the report is really. Uh, and partly why we're using such direct language, which we hope is still still measured, um, but we're hoping that basically the Australian people will begin to um, take note and encourage their politicians to do the same. Peter, certainly appreciate your thoughts and sentiments there today and uh, reflecting on what is in this new report, which is called Protecting the Lonely Children. I'll point our listeners to your website, which is www.australianchurchesrefugeetaskforce.com.au. The Reverend Dr Peter Catt is the chair of that task force, and Peter, I really appreciate your being a part of 2020 today. Thank you for your time. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.